0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hi, welcome to the Queen's Podcast. This is Hillary, Megan, Kristen, and Zoe from Sisters Not Saints, the podcast where we offer real-life advice from the sisters you've always wanted. And when it comes to listening to Queen's Podcast, what's our advice, guys?
0: I love it. I think it's great, but maybe throw some headphones on the kids in the backseat. Y'all, let's just cut to the chase. It's vulgar and explicit.
1: But tune in for sure, because these queens have stories to tell. Once you listen to Katie and Nathan discuss badass women from history, tune into our podcast, Sisters Not Saints, to hear from some badass women of the present. That's us. Now go forth and listen to Queen's podcast. Hey, guys, how many problems do you think we could have helped some of those queens with if they'd known about Sisters Not Saints? (laughs) Hi, this is Katie.
2: And this is Nathan.
1: And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hi, Nathan.
2: Oh my gosh, you guys.
1: Y'all. We are so going to talk about Matilda some more.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Matilda.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, Nathan, remind us, where did we leave off in episode one?
2: So, Matilda is born to Henry the I of England, so that's the son of William the Conqueror, Le conqueror yeah. um, <laughs> When she's a really young kid, she's engaged to the Holy Roman Emperor, shipped off to live in Germany at the age of, like, eight or nine.
1: Can you imagine?
2: Scared, scurred. Very scurred.
1: Scurred! Can you imagine? <laughs>
2: So there there she becomes the disputed Holy Roman Empress and even rules part of Italy as a re- regent for a few years. But then not one tragedy, the tragedy, the white ship disaster kills her brother, which if you're a part of a Patreon, uh, we did an episode on that. Yes. Lately. And then her husband dies. So oh she left Maddie. Yeah, I know. Tragedy after tragedy. It's just terrible. And she's left traveling back to her father's lands in Normandy.
1: Which, I mean, oh my gosh. She was in Germany with her husband for like 15 years. So now the year is 1125. She's the Dowager Empress. And she is twenty. Three years old. This girl has lived so much life. By the time she was twenty-three, what had you done by the time you were twenty-three, Nathan? Uh, boned a lot of boys.
2: Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving back, <laughs> so she she's moving back in with her parents. But she did take some items to remind her her of her time as Empress. Mm-hmm. So. She took two of her husband's crowns. You gotta have two crowns. uh, Just a whole shitload of jewels. Completely relatable. crowns, shitload of jewels, um, and and mummified hand of St. James. I mean, how can you forget that?
1: Yeah, if you guys remember from episode (laughs) one, the church that she married her first husband in, like, their claim to fame, because back then it was huge to have relics from the saints. So her and her husband were married in a church— that had the mummified hand of the Apostle St. James. And so I don't really know if, like, the church gave it to her or if she, like, stuffed it in her purse and walked out. Like, I don't know how she came (laughs) into possession of this relic. Also, do you ever – and I don't mean to be sacrilegious. Like, if you are Catholic and relics, like, mean things to you, I don't mean to be rude. But, like, do they have any proof that this was actually the hand – of someone from the Bible or was
2: it I mean, just they just uh, took a DNA test, found out that hand is a hundred percent Saint James.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know, ye old DNA test from the twelfth century. Okay, sure. <laughs> Checks out. I believe it. Anyway. So uh,
2: Matilda knew that if her father never had any more legitimate sons, there was a chance that she'd be named heir of England and Normandy. And, okay, okay, y'all, Matilda thought very highly of herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had been empress, like, since she was a baby. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so, yeah, she was like, of of course I'm going to be heir. Who else? I'm the only heir in the heir. Like, who else is going to be the heir? Of course it's me. Because she, I mean, she had been trained. You know, from such a young age. Yeah, and, be, and yeah.
2: this was a time where, like, this is when in England, they really started to differentiate between legitimate heirs and illegitimate heirs. Yeah. Like So they were really starting to weed that out. So this was whenever mm-hmm. the church was kind of taking over everything, being like, you mm-hmm. have to be a legitimate heir. And it was, yeah. she was the only one left. So it's like,
1: what you, what you going to do? Again, this was so long as her father didn't have any more legitimate sons. Speaking of which, Mm. her dad, her dad was really trying to make some legitimate sons. Um, Two years before... (laughs)
2: Yeah, he was just... He's just boning everybody. He loved if
1: if you remember, he loved making babies. It was his specialty. It was his passion. Um, And but two years (laughs) before Matilda headed home, Henry remarried. He remarried this woman named Adeliza of Louvain. She was from Louvain, which I'm probably saying all kinds of wrong. Is in modern day Belgium, and she was only one year older than matilda you but that means she had been she was already 20 when she married the king which compared to nine is pretty nice
2: (laughs) yeah i guess so but i don't know if i was a dad dating someone my daughter's age that might be a little bit weird um a little
1: bit weird
2: but stepmom and king henry never spent a night apart basically because making them babies
1: Babies on Um, babies on babies on babies.
2: But then babies never came. Um, No babies on babies. Remember, Henry the first had fathered at least twenty-four children that we know of. That we know of. (laughs) Everyone blamed that Eliza.
1: Matilda arrives at one of her dad's palaces in Normandy. And she's reunited with her father. Remember, she hasn't seen her father since she was, like, eight fucking years old. And I just wish, I wish I could find anything about their reunion. Was it emotional? Was it happy? Like, was it formal? Like, I just we just don't know. No. And we'll talk more about it later. But these two people clashed heads. So maybe it wouldn't have been on the sentimental side. You know, I don't know.
2: Yeah. But one thing we do know about her arrival into her dad's court is that she didn't really fit in. Yeah. Um, She has been at the bougiest court in europe if not the world for the last 15 years she was raised to be a very prim and proper empress and her dad's courts were like not like that Mm -hmm. um at dinner people get drunk and make dirty jokes and it's quite possible that matilda is pretty shocked i mean like how dare you talk to me an empress like that i mean that's pretty much how she was she was very pompous
1: Yes, yes. People complained about her being like very much always on her high horse. But like, that's how she was raised. Most of the nobles in Normandy and England thought she was a snob. Like, who is this chick to come in here? And she thinks she's better than us. She can't take a joke. She's all prim and proper. But remember from episode one, she went to Empress school. With Bishop Bruno Mars, remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She did kind of think she was better than everyone. Because it had been put into her brain. This is what an empress acts like. Yeah, and also,
2: though, she's grieving. I mean, she's she's depressed. I, I think she really loved her husband, who literally just passed away. She's been speaking German for the last 15 years, and then she rolls up into this court, and this court is speaking French and English, maybe a little bit of a hybrid of both, but she's having some struggles communicating.
1: Yeah, like, it. my heart really goes out to her. One, did she think she was better than everybody else? Yes, probably. And two, (laughs) she's sad. However, on a happy note... She really got along with her stepmom? I mean, they were the same age. Adeliza was from Belgium, which at the time would have been, like, pretty much the exact same culture as, like, where she had been for the last 15 years. By all accounts, her stepmom, Adeliza, seemed like she was really, really sweet, and she was a peacemaker. And I have a little bit of a girl crush on Adeliza, if I'm being honest.
2: So Matilda chilled at her dad's royal court in Normandy for about a year. And Henry was basically just waiting to see if his new wife would get pregnant. Because if she didn't, this all was going to be a huge pain in the ass.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert! So Henry was looking at his options for other heirs. He wasn't sick. He was in good health, but like he was in his mid 50s and it was the 12th century. So it was like, oh, we need to have we need to have something in plan.
2: Yeah. So let's go over the options of who he would have considered at this point. So behind curtain number one.
1: What's behind door number one, Nathan?
2: (laughs) Robert of Gloucester. So Robert... Was his eldest illegitimate son and probably his favorite child. He was the most like Henry and a successful soldier and had been working in the English government for years and years now, but he was illegitimate.
1: So the deal with that is that if you remember, William the Conqueror's parents weren't married, you know, and like from our Emma of Normandy episode as well, her parents didn't get married until they had already had several kids. In the older traditions, it kind of wasn't a big deal if you're, if you were quote unquote illegitimate, but it was in England. So the people thought like, oh, we'll never accept him. He's illegitimate.
2: So who's behind curtain number two?
1: Curtain number two. A dude named William Cledo.
2: So this one is a long story that we don't really have time to get into. Right. But what you need to know is that Henry had an older brother named Robert Curthos, who Henry kept in jail for like 50 years or something. It's a wild story. Robert had one legitimate son named William Cleto.
1: What's the issue here? Like, why can't we have William Cleto as the heir?
2: Uh, William Cleto had been in an open rebellion against his uncle for years. So that would have just been this whole thing.
1: This whole thing. Like, (laughs) y'all are fighting. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So door number three. Who is heir possible (laughs) number three?
2: So we have his nephew, Stephen Blois, and we mentioned him quite a few times in the last episode. Yeah. Most notably that he didn't die in the White Ship disaster because he had those shirts he was uh, the party pooper. Yeah, the party pooper, literally. And <laughs> Stephen had been raised at court, working on his inner circle of court at court for years, so everyone knew him. He understood English traditions. He was also married to another Matilda, and that's Matilda of blown,
1: yeah I think it's B- <laughs> blown I don't. Blown? She's not. Re- she's not going to be Ooh. a huge part in this episode, but in part three, she's going to be a big part. So I think it's Balone, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. Stephen was Empress Matilda's first cousin on his, on her dad's side. Whereas Matilda of Bologna was her first cousin on her mom's side. So that meant Ooh. that Stephen's Matilda was also of Anglo-Saxon descent. Also a descendant of Alfred the Great which was a huge deal to a lot of people at the time and she was also a rich heiress in her own right so by marriage Stephen also had the upper leg because he made a really great marriage one just one little side note something i saw on tiktok today that made me think of this where it's like her her cousin is married to her other cousin so she's got first cousins on the both, both sides. I saw a TikTok today that was like, um, what's something that is trashy if you're poor, but classy if you're rich? And someone said, marrying your cousins. And then like shot to Queen Elizabeth and her husband.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong.
1: Point to the lie. <laughs> anyway.
2: <laughs> so... Finally, we have behind door number four. We have our girl, Empress Matilda. So Matilda! she's the only She's the only legitimate child. She's already had ruling experience, but the people are not familiar with her so she doesn't know them they don't know her mm-hmm. she's not raised in england or normandy so she doesn't know any of the customs probably didn't speak much english probably spoke french because most people did but she didn't act like she was norman so Ugh.
1: she just wasn't and we'll, we'll get to this more but she just wasn't set up for success to be a ruler of England and Normandy. And of course, there's the issue that she had a, a vagina.
2: Oh no, she oh, can't I mean, think. There's too much blood going to her vagin- uterus. Like,
1: her uterus is just traveling around. Like who knows where it's going to land. <laughs> um, there, there wasn't a precedent in England for a female ruler. There had been female rulers in, like, Italy and Spain, but never in Normandy or England. There was one woman that I would love to dive into one day. I don't know if she would be worthy of a, like, have enough content for a whole episode on her own or if she'd be Patreon, but she was named fled, Lady of the Mercians, and that had been a couple hundred years prior, but she ruled as a regent for her husband, so I don't know if it really was like enough to set a precedent in their culture. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least one of the other options, her half brother, Robert, kind of just took his hat out of the ring anyway. Yeah. He was a really powerful Earl in his own right. And he was like, you know what? That's enough for me. He was like, I actually don't even want to be the king, even just a little, which... That's refreshing because we never see that. But he recognized that his sister would possibly be named heir and would need some help since she was a little less popular. So the two of them did start to have a friendly relationship, which is really nice because we never really see that, especially from someone who's competing or could be competition for the crown.
1: Yes. And also, I feel like a lot of times in history, you don't see people getting along with their quote-unquote illegitimate i hate calling people illegitimate you're not you're not an illegitimate person just because your parents weren't married but you don't in history you don't see a lot of people getting along with their quote-unquote illegitimate siblings and so i kind of love that the two of them like formed a close relationship and also we'll talk Mm -hmm. about this in the next episode as well Their relationship together, to bring it back to Game of Thrones, kind of reminds me of him trying to be, like, her hand. Like, the hand of the Empress. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And she was gonna need a friend, Mm -hmm. um, because, and that's texting for friend. Friend. uh, Because on Christmas Day in 1126, Henry made an important announcement. So
1: Ooh, tell me more, tell me more.
2: Uh, 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 uh. Um, <laughs> he's chosen an heir. Um, and it's Matilda. <laughs> so Henry has all the magnates and all the important lords and whatnot come to Westminster in England. And Matilda is dressed to the fucking nines. Nathan,
1: what is she dripping in?
2: Dripping in jewels at La Of course
1: she is. She is looking like a queen. No. She is looking like an empress.
2: Love this for her.
1: Yes. And then one by one, all these lords who said she was too hoity-toity. She thought too highly of herself. They have to come in front of her and they have to swear an oath to her. Like when Ooh. your father dies, we will respect you as our queen if he doesn't have another son with his new wife big asterisks there but still it would have been a nice moment for her of her being like yeah bitch mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so if you're watching house of the dragon that scene in the first episode where rhaenyra is named heir, it's very very obvious that george or r. r martin got inspiration for that scene from our girl matilda
1: yes i mean that's pretty much verbatim what happened, right? Okay. In real life, there were people that had to be coaxed, just like in that episode of House of the Dragon. And then there were people that were fighting over who would say their vow, their vow first. And the one that got to say it first was her uncle, the King of Scotland, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) having a king, having a king being like, I'm the first one that's going to swear an oath to you. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, And an important note, though, about the oath that everyone swore to our girl. It was an oath to support her and her heirs, Mm -hmm. which is a little ambiguous to me. Like, they could be saying that if she had a son and if he's old enough by the time Henry dies, they could be swearing to support that guy. Like, maybe they could pass her up for a young boy, which is super annoying. Um, But regardless, Matilda sees this as a win. You Mm -hmm. know, she's saying, you're bowing to me. I am the empress. Suck these titties.
1: Suck it, bitch. Absolutely. (laughs) But you know what? Henry was not an idiot. He knew that he was living in the 12th century, a time that was hugely sexist. History is a bag of dicks, as many important historians have said. Us. Us. And other <laughs> other imaginary historians. <laughs> so he knew to keep the nobles on his side, to keep the nobles on Matilda's side. Yes. She needed heirs. She needed babies, she needed sons, and she needed them
2: soon okay remember in the last episode when we were talking about matilda's brother william that died in the white ship disaster yeah so he's been married to a young girl that we think was like 10 so yeah uh from the angevin family Mm -hmm. um this family ruled some land in france and this marriage with william and the little girl also named matilda because of course (laughs) uh, matilda uh this marriage had Helped to keep the peace between Normandy, Anjou, and some other French d- disputes that we just really don't have time for.
1: It was complicated. But now, you know, William is gone. Henry was stressing. He was like, okay, I still want to keep an alliance with that family. I still want to keep them happy. Well, you know what? The Angevins, they have a boy in their family named Jeffrey that is single. Because he is 14 years old.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: I know. Matilda's 25. That would be the most awkward thing ever. (laughs) And so Henry's like, yeah, Jeffrey, your son, Jeffrey, my daughter, Matilda, they're both single. Let's get them married. I don't care that she's 25. He's 14. I hate it here. Guess who else hated this arrangement as well?
2: uh Matilda.
1: Oh my god. Ding, uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, to
2: marry a uh, baby. Yeah, congratulations. Oh no. God. So, when Henry was like, "Okay, I need you to marry jeffrey of Anjou." Matilda was like, "Excuse me, what?"
1: "Excuse me, what?"
2: <laughs> she was expecting like some king or powerful she know duke Comper,
1: huh? like yeah, yeah. I, mm.
2: so someone who was like you know she was thinking they would be an adult who yes. had already come into lands and titles and she was the granddaughter of william the conqueror mm-hmm. descendant of alfred the great so mm-hmm. matilda had been married to the most powerful man if not just in europe but the world so she was a dowager empress she ruled in her husband's name. So she
1: had a lot of respect. Yeah. Man. Do you remember in the last episode, we talked about for like two whole years, she basically ruled Northern Italy in her own goddamn right. Yeah. And now you want me to marry a 14 year old?
2: No, thanks. Mm. So he's 14 years old, Jeffrey, and he was the heir of a count, not even heir to a kingdom or dukedom or anything like that. He was going to be the count of Anjou, but that's it. Like and one, one day, day maybe <laughs> Yeah.
1: not. A, he's not a current Duke. He's not a current count. He's a, he's. Oh, my God. She was so fucking the flames on the <laughs> side of her face. She was so fucking pissed off. Like, are you kidding me?
2: Right. But annoyingly, Matilda does not have a choice. We all know this. Mm-mm. So. She was sent off to France for the wedding. And this time, unlike the first time, she had her own ladies-in-waiting that went with her. Her brother Robert went with her. So at least this time, she's not alone.
1: But in my opinion, I think sending her to France was a mistake. I know it's customary at this time to send the wife to the husband's lands. But honestly... I mean, if they are eventually supposed to rule England together, Matilda needed to know her people and she didn't, she wasn't raised Mm. in England. She was raised in a foreign land. So sending her to another foreign land after her marriage, I feel like was short-sighted. She, you know... She was not acclimated to the lands. The, the people in England were not acclimated to her. I just think it was a mistake to send her to away to marry a 14-year-old barf. <laughs> barf.
0: <laughs> barf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so in June 1127, the two were married. So by this point, Matilda was 26, and Geoffrey was still 14. Ugh. So... Henry knighted Jeffrey, making him an English lord. And as a wedding present, Jeffrey's dad just gave them Anjou. Like, here you go. You can be a count now. I'm just going to go do some other stuff. Okay?
1: Hey, bye. Uh, am I? Matilda was less than impressed with her new title as Countess of Anjou. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you blame her? Mm-mm. She had literally just been an empress. The holy Roman Empress. And so for the rest of her life, she does not, she does not style herself Countess of Anjou. Can you blame her?
2: No, I would never.
1: She's always the Empress. But regardless if she liked it or not, she is now married to a teenager, and she is indeed Countess of Anjou.
2: So let's get down to business to Ooh. meet. Her husband, Jim. Jeff. Um, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Despite his age, he was really well educated. And much like Matilda, he thought very highly of himself. Super cocky, very into himself, into his appearance,
1: mm, borderline he...
2: narcissistic.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? So was Matilda. We'll we'll talk about it in, in depth more. But like um, by the time that he was 14, he already had the nickname Jeffrey Labelle, which meant Jeff the Beautiful, basically. If historical records can be trusted, this dude was a stone cold hottie. I don't <laughs> like I don't like thinking about 14-year-olds being a stone cold hottie, uh. But supposedly for his entire life. Everyone was just like, "You are the prettiest person I've ever seen in my life." So I mean,
2: I'm I'm looking at the a picture of him and I mean, it's just stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I would like to note that back then they didn't understand the they didn't understand the concept of painting accuracy of people, so <laughs> 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 you can't really judge.
2: It, it looks like it's out of like a like a comic book like it's just real it's a real unfortunate but hey we love them for we it. don't know
1: but uh if records can be believed he was a fucking hottie
2: Ugh, sorry i still get gross because i'm like 14 year old he's
1: 14 Ugh. and she's 26
2: okay so he also liked to dress really fancy love the finer things in life in fact he liked to wear this flower in his hat or or hip lapel the latin name for the flower that he wore was the plantagenista mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he got the nickname plantagenet hmm. Hmm. maybe you've heard of this before
1: i don't know it kind of sounds familiar but i can't quite put my finger on it hmm. Hmm. <laughs>
2: So from the get-go, this marriage was not happy.
1: Nobody was happy. Uh,
2: and in case you're wondering, the age of consent for girls at the time was 12 barf, but it was barf. 14 for boys. Uh bar.
1: <laughs> so
2: yes, Matilda would have been expected to sleep with them on their wedding night, which oh. she probably hated this, but we really don't know.
1: I actually want to spend no time on this topic.
2: All right, moving on. <laughs> so yeah. Maddie and Jeff are not into each other at all, Mm-mm. which really frustrating for King Henry because he wanted grandsons like yesterday.
1: He was like, make some babies. And she was like, I hate him. And also he's a child. But also I think a huge part in the discontent and their relationship comes from Henry. Henry was not blameless in these marital disputes. Remember how Matilda was supposed to inherit both the titles of Queen of England and Duchess of Normandy? Yes. Well, part of their wedding, part of their dowry, the wedding agreement, was that upon their marriage, they would inherit a bunch of these castles, a bunch of these lands in Normandy, and basically get to start, like, practice queening, like, practice ruling. Okay. So the people in Normandy could get to know them because they don't fucking know these people. They're like, who the fuck is this German speaking bitch and this this fancy little teenager? Who, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> so they were like, the idea was like, okay, they'll get to know them. You're going to be the Duke and Duchess, da, 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 da. But after the marriage, Henry did not hand over the lands. In fact, years later, he had still not handed over the lands on top of that matilda and jeffrey's personalities like clashed they did not gel they did not vibe and they were fighting like 24 7.
2: Uh, well i'm sure part of that is like why won't your dad give us the lands that he promised and matilda's like you Think I want to live here on your lands. No, 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 no. I want to be in Normandy too, you spoiled brat.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And so they were just fighting and fighting and fighting. And the entire time, Matilda is writing home, complaining to her dad, like, just like, this isn't working. My husband's a brat. Give us our lands. That might help. And Henry, the entire time, is just leaving them on red.
2: Oh. Also, another thing that Henry did that did not help the marriage issues is he made it purposely unclear what Jeffrey's title would be after Matilda became queen. Yeah. Something we don't have time to go into is that Jeff's dad had married the queen of Jerusalem. So he was king of Jerusalem and had more power than his wife and ruled for her. So both Matilda and Jeffrey were like, okay, what's his role supposed to be? What, what,
1: what, 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 what? Yeah,
2: Is he going to be above me? Is he going to be a king consort? Yeah. So there's really no precedent. So they're waiting for Henry to tell them. But once again, Henry's leaving them on red.
1: What we have here is three very, very hard-headed people creating a very toxic home life environment. But most specifically, Maddie and Jeff, because they're the ones actually uh. living together.
2: Yeah, so why do we think that Henry didn't want to give them their lands in Normandy, he promised? I mean, we can go over this and over this. And as petty as it sounds, I think he didn't want Maddie and Jeff getting too big for their britches and then trying to declare themselves Duke and Duchess before they were ready. So it was really just started so much shit.
1: And. When you look at it historically, it's like he really should have given them more power, so they like understood how to rule the lands. But if you look at her family, dyna- his family dynamic—I mean, go back and listen to our Matilda Flanders episode where we talk about how the brothers just fought each other, fought each other. Maybe Henry thought he was doing them a service by not giving them power and so therefore not setting them up for rebellion i don't know
2: yeah i can see that that he was kind of a uh, an intellectual type of leader so i can see him doing something like that and being like well i don't want them to be in the same situation i was so let's hold off on giving them the title so that they don't have some uprisings against them so
1: or he was tra- be, or he was just being a power hungry dick one or the other that too, that too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he's just not setting her up for success because mm-hmm. the people of England and Normandy didn't really know her. Yeah, and that applied previously, and that applies here now too. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah. Um. Well, we don't know exactly what all went down, but less than two years into the marriage, Matilda was like, "Y'all, I am fucking done. I am done with this shit. Mm-hmm. I am d." De- O-N-E, done. Fuck this place. Fuck this dude. Fuck Anjou. I am out of here. And she left her husband. And she went back to Normandy. And she tried to get a divorce or an annulment or whatever. Yeah, this is wild. We've heard, we've talked about some people that get annulments, but it's not usually like two years after (laughs) because of the people that we've heard of getting annulments, getting divorced. It's like years and years and years. I have to wonder how bad those first two years must have been.
2: Yeah. They must've been fighting like a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, also something that um, we should think about, you know, back then, once you were married as a woman, you were a subject to your husband, basically. Yeah. I have to assume that her being like, I'm an empress. You're a teenager. (laughs) Didn't help anything (laughs) in their relationship. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) But so while we ponder this moment, let's take a quick break, top off our drinks, and we'll be right back.
1: Be right back. Nathan, you know what I love. What's that? I love podcasts.
2: (laughs) I I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're out there listening and you're also a podcast lover, you might want to subscribe to podcast the newsletter.
1: Yes. Podcast the newsletter is Lauren Passell's weekly love letter to podcast and the people who make them. Each week, Lauren gives podcast recommendation and interviews someone in the audio space.
2: And you know, she has good taste. Mm -hmm. She's personally recommended Hair Flip Queen's podcast in the podcast (laughs) news, the newsletter before.
1: Yes. And if you're a podcast maker, check out her newsletter, Podcast Marketing Magic, where she'll give you podcast marketing tips. And y'all, I promise it's actually a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, you can find these newsletters at tinkmedia.co. There you can also find a podcast promo database where you can search podcasts to collaborate with for promo swaps.
1: Find all of that at tinkmedia.co. Cheers, bitches.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts.
1: We're back, Nathan. Have you topped off your drink?
2: Yes, I have. Yes. I'm lubed You're up old. and ready to oh, go, Zolly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We are talking about the great separation. Matilda and Jeff are separated. And Matilda stayed in Normandy for just shy of two years. I I I'm not really sure what's going on during this time, but it does seem like she spent a lot of time with her stepmom, Adeliza,
0: hmm. who the
1: entire time tried to convince her: like, you should go back to your husband, you should talk to your dad. You know, get him to give y'all some kind of thing to make this better for y'all. Like, but Maddie was too proud. She was too proud to go to her husband and, like, let's make a negotiation. Too proud to go to her dad and be like, make my marriage happier. You know, it's just, ugh, she was just too proud.
2: Yes. But in 1131, when Matilda was about 29, her dad called her to England. So he calls Matilda in front of his whole council and is like, Hey, if I get everyone to swear fealty to you, to you again, will <laughs> you please, for the love of God, go back to your husband? And then Matilda's like, okay. And she just agrees.
1: So he called all his lords to Westminster again. And they all huh? pledged loyalty to her again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so she went back to Jeff and things got better. We think
1: by the sound of my voice, (laughs) we don't know exactly what went down, but like maybe Jeff grew up a little bit and maybe Matilda was a little bit pacified by a second, like second time everyone agreeing to pledge loyalty to her.
2: Do you think we're going to see this in the Game of Thrones as well? (sighs)
1: Mm, maybe we'll, maybe, maybe. <laughs> right? So
2: the next year, they had their firstborn child, a boy named Henry. <laughs> because of course it's Henry. Because no
1: one is creative with names in history. Absol-
2: absolutely no. No. So <laughs> a, a, a little bit of a fast forward, <laughs> yes. uh, but this is Eleanor of Aquitaine's future husband. Yeah. Also, a lot of his early life, he was known as Henry Fitz Empress. <laughs> so let's call him that to keep him separate from all ye old all Henrys. All the
1: other Henrys. It really won't, again, it won't come up in this episode, but for future. A lot of foreshadowing, a lot of setting up for the third episode.
2: Yeah. So y'all, obviously this is huge for any dynastic marriage. Having a boy was like the main goal Mm -hmm. but this was a sigh of relief for king henry because having a son was going to make it a lot easier for everyone to just accept matilda at the time yeah and it appears it made jeff and maddie's marriage a lot more harmonious at that time
1: yes also with the birth of a grandson king henry finally gave them some castles in normandy it wasn't any power he didn't actually give them power but they had like Here, move into these lands so the people can start seeing you. Which Matilda did as fast as she fucking could. I don't think Mm -hmm. she liked living in Anjou for a second. And this is where she gave birth to her second son named Jeffrey. (laughs) Because again, we are not very creative with names.
2: No, we aren't. So y'all, seriously though, side note. She nearly died in this birth. Yes. Like, can you imagine? I'm I'm surprised so many people kept having sex and babies all throughout history because it's a real possibility that you might die from this.
1: Absolutely. Like, she was so close to death that Henry and Adeliza, uh, they sailed in from England thinking that they are going to, like, catch her on her deathbed. And while she was on what everybody thought, thought was her deathbed henry and matilda gotten like a throw out argument like oh my a, god because she was like if i die i want to be married i want to be buried in this like this courtyard of this convent that does this charitable work da, 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 da. and henry was like oh well, no You're going to be married. You're going to be. Why do I keep saying married? You're going to Married and
2: buried are (laughs) two. Very different things. (laughs) You're going to be
1: buried in this plot where like your brother's buried. Your mom's buried. No, you're going to be. All the
2: royal family's buried.
1: And they got into this huge fight while she was on what everybody thought was her deathbed. And you know what? While I usually am like, I don't like being confrontational. Maybe that fight like kept her brain going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it helped her
2: adrenaline up and kept her heart moving. Maybe it helped her get through it. Yeah. I personally
1: would never start a fight with somebody that I thought was on their deathbed, but maybe it worked. Maybe
0: it worked.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Because she ended up recovering and Mm -hmm. Henry got to be present at the christening of his grandson. And it is said that for a while, they lived like a happy family. And then Henry at this point loved to spoil his grandsons.
1: Yeah. So I love that he got to be like a happy, he got to be a pawpaw for a minute. (laughs) I love that. However, it wasn't all happy reunion because Jeff was like, and I don't blame Jeff for this. I think this makes sense. He was like, Hey, since you're here, you're in Normandy. I wanted to talk about our role here. You gave us these castles. That was very nice. But like, why don't you start letting us, you know, roll some shit? Like, yeah. I mean, we're going to run it one day. I feel like it's good for them to start to get to know us. So why don't you start giving us some power?
2: Yeah, that seems reasonable. Like- Perfectly reasonable. I don't think he was asking for too much here, but Henry did not share our opinion on this and Mm. went off. He was like, what the fuck, dude? Trying to take my lands before I even died? Fuck you. Fuck your wife. Fuck this. And the whole family ended up having this huge falling out.
1: This fucking family. They are drama, drama, drama. I swear. It's, It's these three people with these massive... Egos. Do you agree Mm -hmm. that all three of these people just like have egos bigger than the room that they're even in? No, I agree. So the next year, there was an uprising in Normandy, and Jeff, with Matilda's support, sent troops from Anjou to support the uprising. So basically, they sent troops to fight against Matilda's dad. I can't. oh
2: my god I can't the drama. this drama
0: <laughs> i can't
1: though the only the only the only nice thing i can think worth mentioning is that hey at least matilda and jeff are getting along <laughs> yeah, right
2: <laughs> like they're not in love like i don't think they were ever in love but i do think that after the birth of their kids they were like okay we have common ground now like we're both fighting for the lands that were promised to us. Yes. We need to start raising our kids. We need to start showing them how to run shit because they'll they're gonna be future rulers too,
1: exactly. We need to be a united force for our children. So at least they have a thing they can get behind now, <laughs> at least they're not fighting anymore.
2: Or- but maybe maybe it's just a bunch of wild and crazy egos, wild and crazy kids. <laughs> um, that loved fighting. Who knows? It's
1: completely possible. Either way, this time, they've gotten in so many arguments and made amends. This time, they don't get to make amends. There was no, like, kiss and make up. Because on December 1st, 1135, in Normandy, while fighting the troops from Anjou, Henry the First dies.
2: Oh, A- my gosh.
1: Apparently from eating too much eels wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> the story goes that there were these eels that I think it's lampreys. I don't fucking know. I have never heard of this before, but he was just like, Henry was just gobbling them up. And the doctor was like, hey, we don't know, but like, maybe those are bad for your health. And he's like, fuck you. I'm king. I eat what I want. And the doctor was like, all right, not trying to get killed. And then Henry died. Because history... Ugh is horrifying and so nathan actually let's let's take a quick discussion what are the most horrifying things people have died from in the mary queen of scots episode her first husband died from an ear infection
2: yeah that's one
1: the oh oh and the catherine de medici her her husband died from a lance through the eye
2: okay that's right that's right which other ones do we have
1: Mm, this guy died from eating too much fish (laughs) Fish.
2: Uh, we genuinely have no idea how Matilda reacted when she found out her dad died Mm -mm. they had a complicated relationship but still it was her dad it was her dad if she did some kind of private mourning period, it's not well documented. Mm-mm. But what is documented is that Matilda, Jeff, and some of their soldiers moved on all the castles in Normandy that they that were supposed to be theirs anyway. Yeah. And they were like, okay, these are finally ours.
1: Yeah. We can has? Yes. Yes, we are taking. I think Matilda was thinking that, the court would come to her and crown her queen. I mean, why would she doubt it? All these True. people have sworn an oath to her, not once, but twice. So she's thinking, okay, they're going to come to me. They're going to bring the court to me and I'm going to be crowned queen. Or she was thinking, I'm going to hop across the English Channel. But she got held up for two reasons. One, it was winter. The white ship disaster that we talked about last <laughs> time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, in the winter.
1: <laughs> Happened in the winter. So maybe she's not dying to jump across the English Channel in the winter. Secondly, she found out she was pregnant again.
2: Uh, yeah, that could also be something that holds you up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nearly dying the last time that she was pregnant, she's
1: probably a little shook, just a little shook, a little <laughs> bit like, mm, maybe I'll take it easy.
2: Yeah. So she might have been thinking, okay, let's write some letters. Let's, gather the Lords here in Normandy and then we'll do a coronation in Westminster after the baby is born, you know, just lay low. You know, this crown isn't going anywhere. We can just take it easy. Oh.
1: And a lot of people believe that she was sick. Cause you know, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people in their first trimester, second, early second trimester of being pregnant are nauseous, like 24 seven. Oh, absolutely. Have horrible experiences. So maybe she really wanted to cross the channel, but like physically couldn't because she was fucking sick. And um, it's totally possible that she tried her damnedest to get over to England and just couldn't, you know?
2: Meanwhile, Stephen Blois has entered the chat.
1: Oh, I wonder what he's <laughs> up to.
2: Yeah, I remember him, Matilda's first cousin. Um, Stephen was now married to a very wealthy heiress named M- Matilda of Bullion.
1: Yeah, we I talked about it? we talked about her a little bit earlier. Matilda of Boulogne. Um, Boulogne, and, sorry. And <laughs> Boulogne, where Stephen was hanging out, was a much quicker boat ride than Normandy. Uh, and his wife Matilda was his Matilda was very very well known in England,
2: and. Stephen was also set up for success by his uncle since day one. I mean, people knew him. They liked him. Other nobles knew him. They liked him. They liked his wife. She's bringing lots of money with her. So Mm -hmm. uh, things are getting a little hairy here. Stephen arrived in London on December 8th, only one week after Henry died, which for the 12th century, fucking fast. That
1: is Um, so fast. Like, yeah,
2: which makes me think that he had been planning this for some time. Yes,
1: for word to get to you and for you to travel that far in a week. Like, yeah, I th- I think he had some, he had some sparrows.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Stephen's brother was a powerful bishop in London, too. And the two of them synced up and went to the other powerful holy men in London, Who they also would need on their side. Yeah. So Stephen is like, oh, the king wrote me on his deathbed and was like, hey, I only named my empress Matilda my heir, you know, just to keep the peace. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mistake, because boys rule, girls drool. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be king. And the clergy's like, can we see this letter?
1: And Stephen's like, um... No. Mm -mm. (laughs) And then they're like, whatever, we believe you because you have a penis. Because you have a penis. Why would you lie? Okay. (laughs) Real talk. No historical proof survives that Henry made any such declaration on his deathbed. And in my opinion, and Nathan, if you disagree with me, you can let me know. But in my opinion, Henry was very concerned with his legacy. Oh, yeah. With what was going to happen next. Yes, him and Matilda had been butting heads for years, but I don't think he meant to leave anything up to chance. So I think Um, if he had made a deathbed confession, a deathbed change of heart, there wouldn't have just been a mysterious letter sent to Stephen. It would have oh, been only
2: Steven and only no Steven <laughs> that then
1: disappeared. It would have been, he would have called all the chroniclers. He would have called like 15 people in. It would not yeah. have been, I think every person, cause he, he languished for like two days, but that's two days that he could have like, do you get what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah. Think he, he had he would two have, whole
2: days to be like, Yo, remember whenever I said that about Matilda. Just kidding. She's a bitch. I don't like her. I want Steven to be the king.
1: But the fact that the supposedly the only person that got this memo was Steven, that's suspicious.
2: Suspicious.
1: I um, think if that had actually gone down, there would have been so much documentation in it. But so that's queen. That's that's my su- that's my thought. That's just saying. that's a my thought. <laughs>
2: But it doesn't matter because it was convenient for all the men. Yeah, um, they wanted to believe that Henry had named a man his heir. Yep. because there had never been a r- woman ruler before. Exactly, and that scared them because bag of, bag dicks, of dicks, bag of dicks, bag of dicks. dicks. History, history is the is bag, bag of dicks.
1: dicks. Absolutely, and everyone is sexist. That-
2: <laughs> also, we mentioned for a hot second in the first episode that Matilda's mom was raised in a convent. Yeah. So, well, there was always this rumor that her mom had taken nun vows, a claim that her mom always denied. Well, some priests then came forward and were like, oh, we have proof that Matilda's mom was technically a nun. So her marriage
1: was null and void. And Matilda is a bastard. The audacity. Could you imagine if Henry was still alive if any of these people had made a comment like that?
2: I know. The lion, the witch, and the audacity.
1: The lion, the witch, and the audacity. (laughs) Yeah. He would have had all of their noses chopped off. Like, he would have had them hung, drawn, and quartered. But because it was convenient for them, they were like, oh, yeah, she's a bastard anyway, so MBD. Whew, whew. The lion, the witch, say, and the audacity.
2: I, 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 I like my men hung, drawn, and quartered, but then that just doesn't work.
1: The drawn and quartered, the hung works, but the rest of it, not so much. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not
2: so much. Good try, then. <laughs> so either way, on December 26, literally just a few weeks after Henry's death, Stephen is crowned King of England at Westminster Abbey. And the people of London were stoked. Yeah. Remember, unlike Matilda, the people knew him, knew that he knew their customs, felt like, you know, that they were part of him. So Matilda, on the other hand, was a stranger to these people. She married a foreigner. She was
1: sent off when she was young. They didn't know her. They didn't trust her. Like, whereas Stephen was raised there. His wife was known. They were known. They, People in London knew them and loved them.
2: Yeah. And then one by one, all of these lords that pledged their allegiance to Matilda just a couple of years ago came to Stephen and started pledging their oath to him. Yeah. All the while, Matilda was sitting back in Normandy just waiting for word from court of what the next step was. Remember, typically news travels slowly back then, and it was literally only like two or three weeks after her father's death.
1: And also, he was his coronation was December 26th. So there was the Christmas holiday in between that.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: Matilda's thinking, like, oh, this is gonna be delayed because of Christmas, like whenever a messenger finally arrives to Matilda like you have to imagine like this poor messenger showing up just completely full of dread and so Matilda's there like sick from being pregnant and so this messenger just rocks up like oh my god I can't believe I have to tell this pregnant woman this horrible news right yeah and she's like oh cool Someone with an update on what's going on, what's coming up with my coronation, what's going on with the transition of power. Let me know what's happening.
2: Uh huh. But instead, they tell her, "Hey, Stephen said your dad appointed him king and." He's already been crowned and anointed. And, you know, all those dudes that swore to you. (laughs) Yeah, they're on Steven's side now. Super sorry.
1: Okay, bye. Which we have to imagine Matilda said, what the fuck?
2: (laughs) And that's where we're going to leave this episode. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We haven't figured out if this is going to be a three-part or a four-part, but either way, catch us in a couple of weeks with the rest of the story. Yeah. Yay! Can't wait. <laughs> Cheers, bitches! Bye, guys.
2: Thanks for listening, guys.
1: Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow
2: us on social media platforms like facebook instagram twitter
1: we have a really great facebook discussion group we'd love to see you over there too
2: and if you're so inclined we do have a patreon account if you need more queen's content in your life
0: y'all. Yes, yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening to cheers bitches Mwah. lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office